I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Last night we finished 2 Samuel chapter 4. Tonight we're going to read chapter 5. Brock, who's your favorite person in the Bible? Hmm. Like in the Old Testament or New Testament? Both. Favorite in the Old Testament so far? Mine is Samson. Samson. It's pretty cool. And in the New Testament, mine is Jesus. I would pick Jesus, too. Mine is Jesus in the New Testament, but other than Jesus, I'd say Stephen or Peter. I think those are both really good ones as well, because we do have to qualify the question, because Jesus is obviously going to win every time. But if you have to pick somebody else, Stephen's a solid one. That's for sure. What about in the Old Testament, Trey? David. He's really courageous. David's a really good one. And that's who we're reading right now. I'm not exactly sure who I would pick. Maybe Joseph. I guess I would pick. My favorites are actually kind of like in the Old Testament. David, Moses, and Samson. David, Moses, and Samson. Those are, yeah, those are all really good ones. And actually, I'm talking about the people that we have already read about. Really, somebody who I love, probably my favorite in the Old Testament, but we haven't got to him yet, is Daniel. Daniel. Daniel is a impressive young man. We will get to him in the book of Daniel. 2 Samuel chapter 5. All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become their ruler. When all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, the king made a compact with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, and in Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah 33 years. David was a pretty young man when he took over as king. Trey, do you remember what the rule is for how old you have to be to be president of the United States? 
think it's 35. Yeah, it's 35. Yeah, 35. Right. So to become king over Israel at the age of 30 was a big responsibility. I learned that in Egypt, people, or there was this king that became king at age 9. Sometimes it's a little crazy. What was that king's name? Um, I think it was, I'm not sure, someone around the time of King Tut. Okay. And Brock, quick math. If he became king at 30, then it says he was king for 40 years. Then how old was he when he was stopped being king? 10. What? Right. 70? 70. There we go. Is it like adding or Oh, you were thinking of subtracting. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. Well, good job. Good job. Continuing on in verse 6. The king and his men marched to Jerusalem to attack the Jebusites who live there. The Jebusites said to David, You will not go in here. Even the blind and the lame can ward you off, they thought. David cannot get in here. Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion, the city of David. On that day, David said, Anyone who conquers the Jebusites will have to use the water shaft to reach those lame and blind who are David enemies. That is why they say, The blind and lame will not enter the palace. David then took up residence in the fortress and called it the city of David. He built up the area around it from the supporting terraces inward. And he became more and more powerful because the Lord God Almighty was with him. Trey, why did he become more and more powerful? Because the Lord was with him. That's right. That was the secret to his power, was that the Lord was with him. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David, along with cedar logs and carpenters and stonemasons, and they built a palace for David. And David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. After he left Hebron, David took more concubines and wives in Jerusalem, and more sons and daughters were born to him. Jeez, you should stop stealing. He's not stealing, but I'll say this. Have you ever heard the term more money, more problems? Sort of, because, like, you don't really know what to do with all that money. And, like, it starts causing problems for you and your family. It can. That's right. Whenever we have abundance, it's something we should be thoughtful about. How, how we use that abundance to glorify the one who gave it to us left to our own devices we're going to usually use wealth sometimes for purposes that are not spiritual we got to be careful when we have extra also when we have an overflow an abundance of wealth i'm not saying the lord doesn't want you to have that i'm not saying that at all i believe the lord wants to bless his children I do believe that there also has to be a balance with the child's maturity level because I know firsthand that when you have more money than you need, you don't feel like you need other people's help, including God's help as much. You feel like when, if bad news happens, you know what, if I lose my job, it's okay, I've got plenty of money. Or if this comes along, it's okay, I've got plenty of money. 
when things happen, our shelter should always be the Lord, that he loves us and that we're his. And it shouldn't be in our riches or in our money or in our looks or in our strength or anything else. Our initial shelter is always in him. I'm not discouraging you boys from being smart with your money. I think you should be, and I think you should save it. I mean, we talked about Joseph. Joseph knew to save the grain for when the harvest was not plenty. The seven years of bad harvest. However, he got that from the Lord. He started with the Lord, and the Lord gave him that vision, that prophecy. We should always start with the Lord. And remember that he is God, our provider. And trust in him to provide, not in the things of this world to provide and give us security. Agree? Yeah. Um, I thought the like seven bad days of harvest was in Joseph's time. That's right. Years. Seven years. Bad years of harvest. It was in Joseph's time. That's the reason why Joseph's family who was the Israelite people, came to Egypt because they didn't have any more food in their land. And so they came to Egypt because they heard Egypt had food. And at first they were welcomed into Egypt. And while Joseph was there, his family was welcomed. And eventually Joseph died, but the Israelites were still there. And that's what led to them becoming slaves in Egypt. To conclude on this part, David took more wives, more concubines, more things, and this is going to spell out some problems for David. These are the names of the children born to him there. Shamua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibhar, Elishua, Nepheg, Jephiah, Elishama, Elida, and Eliphalet. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about this and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistine had come out and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, super smart, pray to the Lord, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord answered him, Go, for I will surely hand the Philistines over to you. What would have happened if David would have asked the Lord? If David would have inquired about the Lord when he saw Bathsheba? If he would have inquired about the Lord, should I go call for her? What do you think would have happened? He wouldn't let him. That's right. The Lord would have said no. The Lord is there to help us. And David knew this at one point in time. And he inquired of him. There were just times in his life when he stopped inquiring of him. And that's okay. He's human just like us. Just helps us remember, it's never a bad idea to inquire of the Lord. Even in the middle of our sin, we know what the Lord's going to say. But it focuses us to wonder how the Lord might feel about what we're doing. Even if we know the answer, it's always good to turn our hearts to him. So David went to Baal Perazim, and there he defeated them. He said, As waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So that place was called Baal Perazim. The Philistines abandoned their idols there, and David and his men carried them off. I don't know if you should carry off idols, just destroy them. 
caliber. I think it, I think it would have been a good idea to get rid of those. But they kept them. Yeah, it says they kept them. They carried them off. Who knows what they did? They should just burn it down because I think either they're bad things. Mm-hmm. Well, they were bad things when. Do you remember when the man, uh, when Joshua asked who kept some of the idols? Or there was one man who did. He kept a purple robe and a couple of coins That's from the wreckage. That's right. So he took and he kept some of the idols and eventually the truth came out and they had to get rid of that man. And actually ended up getting rid of his whole entire family. We would probably do well to learn from that and not keep the idols. It sounds harsh, and if there are people who read that story and can't understand how God is being loved, we talked about that. I can't remember in what recording, but remember what we concluded was a couple things. One, we're not God. We don't understand God's ways all the time. He doesn't always reveal to us why he does things. But we can remember that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are higher and his thoughts are greater. If somebody who's just a mere human can't level with the fact that they don't know as much as God who created everything, then they're suffering from a serious amount of pride. Obviously, the Creator knows more about what He's doing than we could ever possibly know. He knows what's going to happen in the next second, the next minute. Right. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen, happen in a thousand years, so we have no reason to to um, think we know everything like God does, because like we don't know everything, so we can't say we do. And we're not entitled to an answer. We're not entitled. He created us. He gave us the breath we just took in. We, he does not owe us an answer for when he decides to do things. Again, if you can't get that through your head, then you're probably struggling with a lot of pride because you think you want to be God. You think you would be a better God. Because if you aren't at peace with his decisions, the only reasonable explanation is that you think you're more fit to make those decisions. And that is very preposterous if you think about what you're saying. It's actually pretty rude, <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, that's just one thing we have to remember. The second thing is, possibly God has given us an answer. We're just not smart enough or haven't done enough study to figure out why the Lord would do these things. I, I know that if the Lord is paving the way for fulfilling prophecy and paving the way for the Messiah, there might be reasons why he can't have evil in certain areas at certain times. Because he's already set in motion a plan for Jesus, and he is not going to let anything get in the way of Jesus coming and dying for our sins. Why? Because he wants to die for us so he can forgive us. And we can be reunited with him through spiritual life. He loves us. 
Once more, the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, Smart? And he answered, Do not go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the balsam trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, move quickly, because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. That's the end of chapter 5. You know what I love about this? It reminds me of Joshua. How it was like the Lord is going to do the work for you. Just listen to what the Lord says. Inquire of him. Ask him. Make him the central figure in your life of how you make decisions and of how you think. And he will come and he will fight for you. It wasn't until the people stopped trusting God that they started having to actually fight their battles. Because they had already decided, we don't want you to fight our battles. I know it sounds crazy to some people, but God doesn't force us. He does not force us to rest in Him and to allow Him to work. If we are hard-nosed and determined and stiff-necked and we want to do the work and we are not willing to trust Him, He'll let us because we're not His robots. And I think that's very, very humble of him to not make us his robots, but to let us decide. But this is an example where if you decide to return to the Lord, he comes back the way he came back in the stories of old when we were living close to him. The fact that he doesn't come back in other parts doesn't mean that his love has changed. It doesn't mean that he's changed. It means that we either politely or impolitely asked him not to be a part of that part of our lives. And he's respecting our wish and not being a part of our lives where we've asked him not to. Now you think about how humble that is of the creator of the world. I think that's a wrap, boys. I love you guys. I love you too. You guys are good kids. Thank you.